Welcome to the Voices of Resilience podcast, a podcast series by NAMEL, a registered social enterprise and non-for-profit organization that helps forcibly displaced people earn a better living through dignified remote employment. We provide training and marketable skills and collaborate with organizations that support training in the digital skills required in today's digital economy. This is uh, this is a song that we wrote together with um, with Mohammed, uh, who is from Gaza, and um, he was a real poet and a very inspiring person who uh, we worked with um, for for quite a few years in the refugee center, um, and uh, he 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 was uh, he he had a very very difficult time when he first arrived and um he went through he was very 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 down and uh i remember him telling us that you know we said well what you know what how did you you know how did you change that you know how did you kind of um you know get out of that that way of thinking and he said well um if i die i can't change anything and this is a sort of um, revelation that came to me. You know, I just didn't go out of my room for days and days, but I realized, well, yeah, if, if I just fade away, you know, I can't, I can't do anything. And I just, you know, from that moment on, I knew that I, that I had to change things and that I had to, to go out there and live and, and do things. And he then joined, joined us and, and, and wrote these amazing poems and, and uh, we wrote this song with him. that uh, arise that it just kind of hit you like a bolt of lightning sometimes doesn't it and you just have a whole new uh paradigm sort of shift yeah some of the songs write themselves very quickly i mean i think that the the song itself wants to come into the world and with this song in particular it was um 
there was also there was also an older man from Syria, and there's some of that sort of you know lost in translation experience because you know Mohammed and um, and this this older gentleman had quite a dialogue in Arabic, you know, and so Sarah and I. We know a few words, but but um, we we certainly don't don't speak the language, and there's so many nuances that shift as mm. you translate. And this was a song that that Mohammed and this older man worked together to translate. So, um, you know, they had this I think dialogue, like Sarah was saying, about wanting to be uh, a force for positive change, and this idea of um, being in the wor- world as positive words of hope and love and if you could um, be invited to exist in each home that this could actually change the way each person experiences the world and other people especially refugees wow so that is a good lead in now because i'm imagining people that are listening to the podcast right now say okay this is interesting and who am i speaking to so would you like to uh, introduce yourselves and uh tell us a little bit about you know who you are a little bit about your background and then um then we can maybe sort of segue into how you two sort of met and came together and why do you do what it is that you you do I'm I'm Sarah and I've um I'm originally from the UK but I've lived in um in Belgium for for 40 years now so I'm 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 really from here um and uh I'm I'm a I write children's stories and um I've worked with these stories with children and I then started working started doing poetry workshops um and Together, I, I worked at this um, refugee center where I, I gave poetry workshops, and we would kind of start with a poem, and then we would like, um, yeah, it, we use that to kind of uh, discuss things about our own lives. So we were almost, it was a really good way to kind of um, be on the same level with people, um, because mostly uh, people are in that situation are in a really difficult um, difficult space, and. You know, they would say to me, you know, well, what's this got to do with our with our papers? You know, what's this got to do with our asylum? You know, because they're so busy with trying to try, you know, trying to to get a foothold um, in in trying to to sort out the everyday life. And I would say, well, not not directly, but um, but it really does because it it's a way. It it was a kind of space where we could meet each other as equals, and we could kind of discuss and we could share our lives. And we would start with a poem, which is a great way to start because. Um, um poetry is also in their culture very often poets were very important and they they um um so they 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 really appreciated poets from their countries so we would start with a poem from there and then we would use you know we'd go on from there and um I used to do that more inside in like classroom in a way and sort of like and then I decided to take it outside onto the into the into the open air because I thought we would reach more people and so we would do it on a big piece of paper and we would start writing something we would start with one quote and then people would come in and add to it and um and then we would get to write our own poem together and um and that's how it started this work with the with the with the asylum seekers um and then Marika came along and with her music and that kind of brought it to a, a new level because um music's so universal you know we did have the problem with the with the language that uh, you know everybody was uh, 
uh, we were we were speaking each was speaking their own language and so we would you know we would um, often use google translate or we would try to understand each other what we meant um but we always came up against the limitation of language and then um, music brought it to actually a new a new level let's say a universal level and uh, where people could really even more participate even more so now did you Marika, did you just appear out of the thin air how did you find yourself <laughs> it's funny i mean yeah yeah i mean well it's funny my first word was bird and i think actually i'm a bit of a migratory bird um telling a bit of my story is always challenging because i feel like also a cat with so many lives i've lived so many places um so i think of myself as kind of a person of the world um i'm originally from the united states and um i started my professional career as a park ranger for the National Park Service. So I worked in many different national parks and I was studying people's connection to place in particular. And that brought me to a PhD program at a, a private university in Arizona called Prescott College, where I was studying sustainability education. And sustainability, I mean, it's been defined so many different ways, and you can look at it from an economic perspective, environmental, social justice uh, perspective. But it's the idea that a system can continue in perpetuity without inhibiting other systems to also thrive. And especially, you know, when something happens that... Um, you know, is not necessarily part of the plan, um, you know, or that a system has no control over, it can find healthy means for kind of recalibrating, coming back to balance. And what I was finding in this program was that uh, these brilliant people, including my, you know, faculty, students, um, staff, uh, who would come and all join together, because it was a kind of distance model. So we would travel to the school periodically and they wanted people who were doing projects in their communities to really make a difference on a big level. But what I was finding was there was this kind of um, strange conflict in that each person would share what was going on for them in their personal, professional, academic lives. And it was often wildly out of balance. And then they would shift and say, but here's how I'm going to you know, save the world, you know, that kind of cliche, which, I mean, it was very authentic in, in you know, in their desire. Um, and, but I, I think in a nutshell, it comes down to this idea of the flight attendant suggesting that um, you need to put your own oxygen mask on first before helping others. And so in that vein, I studied a concept that I called self-sustainability, which was the idea of learning to kind of determine how to uh, create balance in your, you know, whatever elements of your life are kind of blended together and there can be many, you know. Um, and then, you know, I, in, in that process, I developed a method of basically folk music or an oral tradition of folk music with a colleague that I was studying with uh, that we called Story to Song, where we were inviting people to share a personal story from their life, and we were guiding them through the process of collaboratively shaping a song from their words, finding a melody from their voice, and noticing that um, in that process, there was quite a bit of um, catharsis and meaning and a transformational shift that could happen just from this participatory experience and being invited to be seen and heard. And so when 
I moved to Brussels with my husband, um, who was studying for his PhD at the um, the VUB, the Free University of Brussels. I wanted to be doing this music, and I wanted to be working with people for whom, um, you know, perhaps they were n- not feeling like they had a voice to participate. Um, I think all people can benefit from being invited to share their story, mm. um, especially these days, right? Because it, that invitation is not always there, um, and there's a lot of isolation. But it's, but especially for someone who feels like they're not being heard and they have no platform for for sharing their experience and. Uh, so I, I reached out to to centers working with refugees, and that was how I found the Fedezil Petit Chateau Clan Castile Gen. They happened to invite me on a Monday and said, "Hey, there's this, you know, there's this lovely woman who's been offering poetry, and um, perhaps you'd like to meet her. And if you you connect, then great. If not, you know, you could do your own thing. And um, you know, wow. we connected. And <laughs> there you go. Just you know. <laughs> the rest is like. History. I always find it fascinating History. just uh, the, you know, our, our origin stories in this sense. And just think of, you know, I'm from the States, but here I am in, you know, the UK. Sarah's from the UK. She's over in Belgium. You know, you're from the US, but you're back in the US right at the moment, aren't you? But I mean, just the fact that you came from, you know, our past just kind of coming across and that's the cross pollination and things, wonderful things happen. And here we are on this podcast. Uh, together Mm -hmm. so talk me through how a process of one of these songs are put together yeah and and it's interesting um because i think that's a nice lead into one of the songs that we wanted to talk about uh i could be you you could be me um you know thinking about how all three of us are from different places uh but we're together here so i can show you um i know we're on a we're being recorded, but here on my ukulele case, and I can show you a picture, is actually a piece of one of the papers that uh, we put on the wall when we're there right, right now. Um, so the idea is that, you know, like Sarah said, she had been putting a big piece of paper just on the wall in one of these covered corridors around the kind of first central courtyard at the Fedezil Center for Asylum. And she'd had markers and would sometimes write the line from a poem at the top to, you know, a blank page can be uh, inviting. It can also be intimidating. Mm. And so people would be invited to come and share anything they wanted in any language, you know, that they were feeling in the moment or, you know, from their, their migration experience. And, so we would end up with a page often with lots of different languages, lots of different, you know, colors and phrases. And then the work for the song would be to start looking for common threads that might communicate one of the universal experiences, you know, from human life. Right. The, the desire, you know, f- you know, to, to belong, to live a peaceful life to be a force for positive change, really, really positive uh, messages, you know, that we're all the same. Um, I could be you, you could be me, you know, if, if our, any circumstances yeah. could, could shift our lives radically. Um, and the, these were the, these were the words that, that we would shape into a chorus or a refrain. Um, and those are the ones that, you know, in a, in a kind of traditional Western song are repeated 
And so a person who perhaps has, has never, hopefully never had the experience of having to leave their home in a moment's notice, you know, under violence or, you know, in threat of danger, but they could, they could hear this idea, um, you know, of, um, you know, never giving up or one of these themes and, and feel like, oh, that's, that's something I've have experienced in my life, but in a different context. And it creates a bridge, um, a musical bridge that connects one person to another, even all the way around the world, so that when they then listen to the verses of the song, which maybe communicate a bit more of the story unfolding, they can actually imagine themselves in another person's experience. Right. And so it becomes powerful in that way. And maybe Sarah wants to add, you know, more to the the process and experience as well. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think it, it was, we used to go there for like on Monday afternoons, these two hours, and we would just like, we never knew what was going to happen. We never knew if anything was going to happen. Maybe nothing would happen. But I think that the, what we were going to, what we were trying to do is like to make it, create a space for something to happen and just to be there. And, you know, with the blank paper and with the pen, you know, so our office was outside, you know, just us and the pigeons and, you know, and whoever came along. And, um, you know, it always was a, you know, it was sometimes it, it was a very slow start and, 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 um, you know, people wondered what we were doing and, you know, but we always came away enriched by, by that experience of, of, of just being together with people and, um, and, and sharing that moment with them, you know, which was a, a, a moment out of our lives, a moment out of their lives. And, and, um, you know, we, we, we never quite knew, you know, I think it was important to kind of, uh, to, to create this, this, this space for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I, I, I was, I was just, um, thinking of something the other day and, and it was, um, this quote, uh, I think John Updike says, what art offers is space, a certain breathing room for the spirit. And so this was kind of like a little breathing room, I think. Um, and it, 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 it yeah, it, it was, um, it was an exchange. It was an exchange, a communication. And uh, very often um, we had really, really good conversations with people, just, uh, just sharing things with them and, and then putting some of it down on the on the paper uh and then seeing what that became what that led to and then and then changing it and then moving yeah so i was like i don't know if you can really see it here but you know in uh in the book that we made of the songs you can sort of see the kind of uh process it's right. like a jumble you know and it, it, it changes uh and anyway that's how we and then marika brought along um also instruments little percussion instruments so when we got to the music part um, people could take part in it because very often people were like, oh, I can't sing or I can't do this. But, you know, they could actually all participate in it, which was great. Mm-hmm. So it was a feeling like, okay, we've created, this is our song that we've created here now in this moment. I love the sound of it. It's like, as you say, it's like an adventure, isn't it? We don't know yeah. what's going to happen. We're going to turn up and we have yeah. these people here and we're going to share. And then somewhere in this, a song is going to come out. Let's yeah. have a Let's have a listen to um the one song what, what was the title and and that we're going to listen to now i could be you you could be me all right well let's let's have a listen to that and then we'll come back and and uh and carry on i could be you you could be me 
We can change the dark to light if we want to be free. We are bound together if only we could see. I could be you, you could be me. We don't choose our species if we're a peacock or a pigeon. We don't choose our family, our country or religion. I could be the king of Belgium, he could be a refugee. I could be you, you could be me. What if we couldn't see the color of our skin? All we could see was the person's soul within. Buddhist, Christian, Jewish, Shiite or Sunni. I could be you, you could be me. We don't have to follow a story born of fear. We'd all come from somewhere else, but we're together here. Our fate is not yet written, it's who we choose to be. I could be you, you could be me. I could be you, you could be me. We can change the dark to light if we want to be free. We are bound together if only we could see. I could be you, you could be me. Sing it again. I could be you, you could be me. One more time. I could be you, you could be me. So yes, yeah, so um, great song. And uh, I mean, it's just, I think I find it, fascinating one i just love you know music and i love words so you're hitting all the spots for me here just the the combination of those two so what have you noticed in uh people as they enter this 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 sort of process i know you mentioned before we played the song that you know people say i can't sing or i can't do this and and maybe not a lot of people consider themselves poets whatever but what what are some observations or things that you notice about the process, about music, about words that uh, you know brought people together, or took them on a journey, or how did they change? I mean, it's so um, it can be so individual and so universal at the same time. And there were honestly sometimes people who came just to listen. I remember one man saying, "You know, just listening to this music for two minutes, I can feel more calm." And some people, I mean, we had a we had a um, you know um, a participant who shared just he just shared his story with us and we wrote it down and um, and he was surprised that he became quite emotional. Uh, I, I think people don't always they're not always prepared for just how vulnerable it can feel to share something that you've been really holding on to. Um, it's like that 
it's like a little release that happens that opens the way for emotion to come out. But I think that, again, in that idea of self-sustainability, it's like if we don't have, you know, if we don't have that release and in a space where, um, you know, that like Sarah and I could really try to hold that space so a person could feel safe to be authentic. Um, I think if we don't have that, then, um, you know, it can be uh, the, the, the response can be obviously some of the things that we see in a big level with, you know, increased anxiety, depression, um, yeah. isolating, you know, isolation. I'm going to ask you uh, both a philosophical question from your different disciplines here. So we'll start with sure. Sarah in, in terms of poetry. So um, how essential do you see poetry to our lives? I mean, it, it, I mean, it, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know that we're as into poetry as we used to be. I mean, I, I love that whole side of my shelf over here that I'm putting. That's all poems over there, poetry books there. Um, so for me, I, I understand <laughs> the importance that it has. To, but, you know, as a poet yourself, what is it? What is it that poems do for us as humans? What does it bring to to the to our lives, or how does it enrich our lives? I think. Um I think po poems are poetry is a wonderful kind of medium um, because well it's short <laughs> um, it's um, and it it's it's very universal it touches on on it gets to the essence of things it touches on universal things um, and um, so I think it 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 is a it is a very um, powerful medium it's very powerful um, and. It's it's and it and it's very universal. Uh, it can provide a kind of um, comfort to people. I think a sort of solace that the feeling that you're not alone in your experience. You know, because this this this, this poet's going back centuries. Sometimes we would have a a quote from Rumi or from you know a, a poet from from sort of uh, you know years and years and years ago that that would be so kind of relevant now. Um, that's amazing. You know, because. Uh, um that would really speak to us you know uh, yeah. and um i think yeah i i remember uh someone telling me they 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 went they had a really really hard time they were were uh imprisoned and uh, tortured and what kept them going was remembering these 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 short lines of poetry that they that they'd once you know learned by heart it's what kept them going because in a way a poem nobody can take it away from you you know and that, that's what I kind of like about it is that you can learn it or you can you know keep it in your head and and it's yours forever you know so so it gave a kind of comfort a kind of solace to this person in very difficult circumstances and obviously you know that's maybe very extreme but I think that these poems they accompany us you yeah. know these they're like um translations of our experience and we had uh, a poetry wall that we made um, and we would hang up poems because we thought when people arrive, you know, that they may be, and um, it was very important to have the poems in different languages so that people, you know, would, would kind of maybe recognize, oh, I recognize even just that language. I recognize my writing, something of me here, you know, and it yeah. was a kind of welcome. So, um, and people would even come up and say, you know, to us, um, this is me, this is my experience, you know, I'm so glad to have seen that on the wall. So I think poetry is, although it, you know, has got a kind of maybe another sort of, um, um, yeah, 
Wait, kiss associated with academic and at school yeah. and you're like, ah, yeah. poetry, I don't understand it. Yeah, and a lot of people say, oh, I don't like poetry, I don't understand poetry, but yeah, yeah but it has got a totally different other um, uh, other life that, that is very relevant to people. And um, I think people from Middle Eastern cultures, and so they 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 really sort of, when you were talking about their poets, like um, uh, Mahmoud Dawish and people, you know, they would say, oh, Mahmoud Dawish, you know, and it was almost like they knew him, you know, so I, I think, yeah, it's got its academic side to it, but it's got a very sort of relevant and um, important side to it uh, that, that, that we kind of tapped into, yeah. Yeah, and the voice of the people. The voice yeah. of the people. There's yeah, two the voice. T.S. Yeah. Eliot's uh, love song of J. Alfred Prufrock for me and the Hollow Men changed my right. entire life when I was 15 years old. Um, really? and, I, and I still take those, those, I have those and I read them all the time. And yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. Wow. You, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I agree. I love those. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a question maybe of finding, finding what speaks to you, you know, yeah. and, 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 and finding what means something to you. And, um, and that's then amazing. You feel less alone in the world. You know, you feel recognized or you feel, you know, you feel, you feel accompanied. Yeah. Now I heard or read somewhere that we cannot live, the human being cannot live without music. Mm. Uh, even as simple as just a heartbeat is a rhythm, isn't it? That we can't live without yeah. music. Now, what's your take on that in terms of, you know, this 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 idea that it's essential to be in human music is? Well, it's like that, you know, that need for touch and connection. Um, and I think that music can be a direct line of communication from one soul to another, um, you know, without even speaking. I mean, we have instruments built in in our body and our entire being, even people who have told me I have no musical capacity, they'll listen to music and their foot will start tapping because we're mm. innately musical beings. Um, and I think... I mean, such a big question, and I can just speak from, you know, my own experience from what I've seen, you know, I mean, I know from my experience that I can be feeling quite blue um, or frustrated or angry, but if I, you know, if I spend time, you know, creating something musical or just playing or listening to music, it can really shape my entire way of thinking about myself and the world. And we saw this with with people we worked with, uh, just, you know, spending time. And like Sarah said, you know, you know, here in these two hours, suddenly here's here's a piece of music that didn't exist two hours ago, and that was created by a group of people who had never met before from many different cultures, um, communicating words of hope and love and change, uh, you know, and um, and that we've seen throughout history as well. I mean, certainly with folk music um, being this kind of grassroots tradition of communicating the real stories from the, the people experiencing them about human experience and that you know, if you look at the civil rights movement, even as an example in the United States, that the more people who sing together, the less fear and darkness people feel, the more yeah. connected and empowered. And that's um, a great way of know, transporting that. stories as well. And 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 I know we've done it for you know centuries. You know, tells you know songs through stories, but it helps you to, you know, 
connect with the stories and pass the stories on. And and I was just thinking about uh, Hamilton and how that just brought history alive for a lot of people. And I never thought about it, but put it to some music and you can sit there for a couple of hours and you think, oh, man, I didn't even realize it. And and then it's easy to pass it on as well. So it's a, it's fascinating. I mean, I, I'm looking around the room now. We've got a drum over there, another thing to bang there, harmonica over here. It's just, yeah, um, this idea of music and not being able to sort of live without it. Well, it's another language, right? I yeah. mean, it's a form of expression that I think can be universal, you know, and we may each experience it differently just as we hear and choose our words differently but yeah. it can still touch people across time and space and transcend culture and politics and religion and is there is there a place online that people can find and listen to the the songs that you've created together or is this yeah. something that just kind of lives within the group yeah no i mean i think so especially in the kind of work that we do where we're you know, working collaboratively in participatory arts to to invite people to share their stories and shape them into poetry and songs. It's it's equally important to to get those songs and stories out there. So we have um, we have a website that is guidingsong.com, and you can get to uh, the Migration Songs Project just with a backslash Migration Songs. Anywhere on social media, it's always at Guiding Song. Right, and we'll and, include that, and that in will the take show you notes. to YouTube and yeah, 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 and everywhere. So. Great. Now, here's here's the big challenge. Are we going to create our own song on this podcast by the time we're see, between the three of us and your cat? <laughs> <laughs> we certainly could. My cat's got a really big voice. <laughs> oh, awesome. One of the things that we ask all of our guests on the podcast is around what could people do to work towards changing uh, the narrative or breaking the stereotypes about refugees, migrants, and displaced people? Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. I mean, Sarah had a really interesting experience that she told me about with a poet coming from the United States and really shifting perception. And then, you know, I maybe you want to share that story because I think it's a really good metaphor for um, how participation and especially in something collaborative and creative like this can really shift um, just our understanding of other people and ourselves, um, especially if we come into the space where we're, we're inviting a dialogue instead of, um, you know, telling the story for someone else. We're asking them, tell me about your experience and really listening. Yeah, I think it's all to do with yeah, the personal, um, you know, the personal contact with and and because people have such a stereotyped idea of people and refugees are always branded as either, you know, um, people who want to profit from, 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 from this new society or, you know, people to feel sorry for people, who, you know, or victims. dangerous. Yeah. yeah, Dangerous or victims, one or the other, but not as real, just ordinary people who have so much to give, um, which one of the, po one of the songs that we wrote with, with um, this this young guy from Yemen, he says, um, "I don't come to take; I come to to live. Give me a chance to give." So it's like you know that that this to break the stereotype of uh, 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 that these are these are 
people with amazing stories. They are people with um, incredible resilience and incredible and, and incredible gifts and, and an enrichment for us. It's not just that we are kind of, you know, going to do things for them, help them, but you know, that, that, that they can help us. So yes, that, that kind of, I think just knowing people's stories um, and, and knowing people as individuals and just that breaks down these 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 ideas that people have in their heads and that you can meet much more as, as equals, as people. Um, mm-hmm. And it works the other way too. There was this, uh, as Marika said, there was this um, poet who came from the States and uh, I said to, to the to the poetry group, I said, you know, we're going to have a visit from this poet from America. And they were like, and there were a lot of Afghans there. It was a time of, you know, um, uh, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of Afghans. Said, Enmity, you know, yeah. Enmity, yeah. I said, oh, you know, no, America is the enemy. You know, we don't want to meet, you know. And um, anyway, I said that, you know, it's going to happen. Let's see, let's see what happens. And this guy comes and um, he's really tall, really tall black guy. And um, they say, where's the poet? Where's the poet? You know, and I said, he's there. And they were like, you know, because they had a, a totally different person in their head. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't imagine this at all, you know. And he was so great. And uh, he talked, to, you know, and, and um, he was like explaining, you know, no, everybody thought he was going to be a basketball player. But nobody in his family ever went to university. He was the first person. And, you know, and and, uh, and he, he became a poet. And, um, you know, he had this great, his great personal story. He really touched these people. And all the Afghan people were like, you know, can, can we have contact with you? Can we give you an email? Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, and it broke down the stereotype that they had of America, the enemy. And, you know, so it's on both ways. You know, I think if you meet people as individuals and, 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 um, and, you know, hear their stories and listen to their stories and, and, um, you know, you, you are, you know, you, you, you come away enriched by each other, you know, it's like yeah. a gift for each other, you know, but it, it's a change of attitude. Yeah. Getting away from I these. Think, yeah, I agree. It's like, it's, it's kind of the power of making eye contact, but in a creative space where suddenly you know these barriers can melt away and people who are strangers and maybe had preconceived notions of one another or had been taught to fear you know through the media or religion you know for whatever reason um you know you can you can melt and transcend all of these notions and you know in a short period of time create a real feeling of connection yeah, I love that powerful. that idea about you know the stories and the stories and how un- understanding each other's individual stories and taking the time out to understand each other's stories is what kind of reduce those barriers and bring us a little closer together as well. So we have one more song that we want to play. Do you want to introduce the song and how that sort of give us a the story behind it, and then I'll kind of play us out. Yeah, and that's a great lead-in because this last song is called Open the Borders, so it is literally about transcending barriers. And it's one that um, I think is a wonderful example of the the many different people that we connected with and the very participatory nature of this type of um, creative method. Uh, We started writing a song with a refugee from Burundi who was a musician and was one of the few people who brought an instrument with him because most people, many people we met could play an instrument, but they weren't able to bring it with them. And he uh, shared words in Swahili to begin with that we started the song with. And sometimes we write this song, as Sarah said, it, the song is, it happens really quickly. And it, we could write a whole song in two hours on one visit. This one took form over several visits. And 
other people came and shared their words on the page. And so it expanded into this tapestry of um, Dari and Wolof and, you know, French, Francais and Swahili and English and into this, uh, this story about, um, you know, basically like transcending borders and that we could all meet together from all these different places and, and live in peace. Mm. And um, so it's, you know, that's, it's a really powerful one. All right. Sarah, do you want to add? To, I don't know if you want to add to that, Sarah. Yeah, well, it, 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 we kind of wrote it. It's a sort of homage to Buddy. He's called Buddy. He um, very sadly, he, he passed away. Um, he went back to his country and we just heard that, that he, that he died. Um, but it's like, um, yeah, it's a, it, I've got a really kind of when we sing it or when we hear it, I just um, remember his his amazing strength of character and his his uh, resilience and his his beautiful nature, really. Mm. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you both for spending time with me uh, on the podcast today, and I love it, and I definitely want to do a live show so i'll just put a plug out there now for that to uh, and we can talk offline about you know bringing that together and then we can broadcast it live on the internet radio and have an audience and music and talk and all the all the good stuff bring us all together and on that we'll have to make a song <laughs> that sounds fantastic Awesome. And we'll also be joining the Migration Summit, hopefully offering you know one of these uh, story to songwriting sessions. So All right, awesome. that'll be exciting. Yeah, very good. Okay, well, thank you again. Thanks a lot. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ta finca salama na bila sila na bila sila If they open the borders open the borders Where would everybody go Like a bird, no pain, no visa Just the power of our wings and our hearts to decide Hakuna Matata Tushikane Mikono Tutafika Salama If they open the borders, open the borders Where would you go? Would you choose one place or migrate? I would make a new life in Belgium Hakuna Matata 
episode we want to invite you to participate in the events organized as part of the migration summit 2023 which will happen throughout the month of april the summit organized along with the mit refugee action hub and Quran foundation will explore the theme co-creating pathways to learning livelihood and dignity through virtual and in-person events hosted by participating individuals and partners around the world make sure you check the migration summit website at migrationsummit.org to learn all you need to know about the events, sub-themes or different summit editions and subscribe to get updates.